The Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 presents Wake Up in the Den with Kubule Agbayani. Good morning, beautiful people. Let's wake up in the den. Kule Agbayani, Alan Mia. Woo. On our after today, Alan, we only have two more shows left in this year. I can't wait. Oh my goodness! And I'm not <laughs> saying that because I don't want to be with you. I'm just, I'm just saying. It's, you get three days away from me again. It's been, oh, it's lucky been a, you. That's it's been why. a long year, but a good year, but a long year. Yeah, it's been an interesting year to say the least. We'll we'll, we'll kind of get into some some reflective. 2022 stuff coming up in the show and of course throughout the next couple of days um because yeah like i said i feel like since it's like that final push t- towards the new year it's might get a little nutty on this show i don't know I, that, as if it doesn't already get nutty like just sporadically from time to time over here but first things first got to get into the sports uh, we talked about this a little bit yesterday by the way later on we'll get into some baseball because I know Alan has been like itching to talk baseball and everything happening with Carlos Correa and um it's the greatest saga you'd, you just, could ever wish for the, the 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 craziness that's happening and also like I saw something this come up this morning where the Braves cross the luxury luxury tax threshold after latest long-term extension so you have all these like teams doing what the Dodgers and Yankees have been doing for years and finally starting to spend money and then obviously the whole Carlos Correa thing. So we'll talk some baseball coming up, um, but just a couple of big things to happen, especially this morning. We talked about this yesterday regarding Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungo Vailoa. Uh, yesterday he had, or Monday he informed the team that he was... He had concussion-like symptoms, and he was placed in concussion protocol. But the biggest thing yesterday was that head coach Mike McDaniel didn't want to say whether or not Tua was going to miss this weekend's game against the Patriots. Well, he will indeed miss it. So Teddy Bridgewater is in line to start versus the Patriots, so Allen won't get as crazy about it as we were yesterday. So they will start Teddy Bridgewater at at quarterback when they face the New England Patriots on Sunday. That's what head coach Mike McDaniel said today. Tua is in concussion protocol for the second time this season. And McDaniel said that the quarterback suffered a concussion and should worry about his health first. Yes, that's what we've been all saying. Uh, he played, Tua did, every offensive snap of Sunday's 26-20 loss to the Packers and was placed in the concussion protocol on Monday after experiencing those symptoms. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater started a game for the Dolphins earlier in the season but was forced to leave after being placed in concussion protocol as well, in case anybody kind of forgot about that. And Tua must go through the five-step return-to-play protocol before receiving clearance to compete again. So there is all these processes that go on. And just some of the backstories regarding the NFL Players Association and the NFL are looking into the handling, once again, of Tua Tongovailoa's evaluation after the team placed him in the protocol for that second time this season. And two people have two people briefed on the situation who are not authorized to speak publicly on it had told the athletics. So there is video that shows, we talked about this again yesterday as well, that it shows Tua's head striking the ground during a hit in the second quarter where it was almost similar to his previous uh, 
concussions where he goes down hard on his back and then the back of his head essentially bounces off the turf. But he wasn't checked at that time and played the remainder of the game. Uh, But then his effectiveness, as we spoke about, diminished from that point on, throwing three interceptions on three consecutive possessions, which is something you really never see. Yeah, you'll throw obviously three, four, five, six interceptions in a game on a really bad game, but it's rare that you'll see it three consecutive possessions. It's usually spread out. So clearly something was wrong, or at least, I mean, we didn't really know that anything was wrong at that time because this kind of, he kind of tends to throw interceptions, unfortunately, but it was just a little surprising where, uh, and we were very adamant about this yesterday, where the interceptions themselves were a little easy. Yeah, like you're, I mean, I know Tua hasn't exactly been perfect or anything but yeah at least out of the three you should make the defense work for it a little bit and they would tell his reaction time was a little slow put it this way russell wilson ain't throwing those interceptions (laughs) or kyler murray (laughs) or or kyler murray (laughs) but no you're you're right and it's it's the three in a row that really is something you know quarterbacks will have bad games and it's like you said you know there there's going to be games where you throw multiple interceptions a game but three in a row and and to where it's not like the defense was playing this out of mind scheme yeah. and they weren't playing and, and, the yeah they weren't playing the 49ers. Exactly. And and so it was it, it was just kind of weird. It wasn't Tua like even though Tua's had his issues in the past, it it, it wasn't a Tua like performance. And something should have raised that red flag just been like, "You know what? Maybe we should check something here uh before, you know, we go a couple days and then be like, "Well, maybe he might have a concussion. We should put him in protocol." Although isn't it kind of I don't know if that's a bad thing though that like he did throw those three interceptions and no because then everyone... it cost somebody 40 like no, 6 no, no, million no, dollars in no. 40 seconds no I mean oh yeah see it's not good no I mean like the fact that it almost seemed border like it wasn't shocking right like like again like if Patrick Mahomes did that everyone would instantly be like is he okay you know what I mean? Like, it's bad that, like, for Tua, because he has been a little up and down throughout the entire season. I'm sorry, Die Hard. Let's support the Hawaii players' um, well, to be <laughs> support fair, group, which is true. But, he again, he hasn't exactly been Mr. Perfect throughout the entire season. When, he, when, when healthy and cleared and out of concussion protocol, and the fact that it was, it was like, shocking but not... To the point where, again, I put it as if if Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes did it in in that fashion where they just were throwing it away, essentially, and throwing it to the other team, people probably people would be more quick to be like, hmm, is something wrong with him? I I get what you're saying, but it still doesn't make it right because it doesn't matter who the player is, right? Again, if you're in the NFL, you're in the NFL for a reason. Re- regardless if you're good in the NFL or not, you-, you still don't throw those kind of picks in succession on back-to-back-to-back possessions. It's, it's. I I get it. You you have your bad games, but that ain't one of them. And and there's got to be a. I'm, I'm getting a call from a survey company. I'm um, sorry. <laughs> um, but you know, it's just I I don't care who it is. It's just at some point you you guys especially these doctors or these these guys looking for the concussions they're getting paid independently to make sure they they spot this stuff and at some point even they got to have some integrity like well that's not really an NFL type thing going on right here maybe something's not right no but right. that's what i mean 
and especially for someone that is a more um, consistent type of quarterback, he's kind of in between. Like, okay, should we? Does it seem more odd? Like he's not a rookie, you know? Like a, right. a legit. Like if it's a legit rookie, you're like, well. He just sucks and that's rookie just kind a, yeah, things. rookie kind things. Like, is he kind of on that he's kind of in that in between where he's been inconsistent this season, but he's not Mr. Like he's awesome, Joey B, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen type of player, that type of quarterback where if you're really flubbing up I will something s- seems something would seem off more quickly than if you're someone that has been inconsistent. The right. Entire game. And and I and I agree with you completely wholeheartedly. Here's the thing though. Tua, although inconsistent, hasn't been pick-prone inconsistent. And that's the yeah, thing. Yeah, that's true. So he's been inconsistent on maybe some of his accuracy situations, but he's still uh, going into that game was the most efficient quarterback in the league. Um, and actually, even with those three picks, I, I still think he's the most efficient quarterback still in the league uh, based on stat-wise. I, I could be wrong now, but I, I think he's still, might, he's still in the top three as far as quarterback efficiency. Um, so I, I get... I agree with you, but I, but I think when you look at it, you got to know, like, especially if you're on the Dolphins staff and and, you, and you're the Dolphins doctors looking for the the concussion type symptoms, you got to go like, okay, Tua's been inconsistent with his accuracy. That's why he doesn't really throw that much. But at the same time, what he doesn't do is he doesn't throw picks like that. Yeah, he's he'll a throw a pick here. Smarter. He'll throw a pick there. Not back to back to back. And that should have been something where, like I said, I'm just kind of going like, all right, maybe we should just go s- sneak him off during a defensive series and just just kind of test to see where he, he's at because I, I can almost guarantee you, I'm not a doctor, so I better not say that. I, 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 I would bet to say that if they had done just a like, hey, let's check something here, just a quick test, they would find something wrong. Yeah, but either way too. Now that I think about it, okay, if you're if you're strictly a doctor, right, and you're not necessarily following football, you don't really know much about football. Okay, that w- it wouldn't stand out to you that throwing those three picks on consecutive possessions was odd. You'd be like, well, I guess the defense is just really that good, right? But how, yeah, how are the NFL spotters that it is your job to be aware of this stuff? How? When you look at that video, like, where was, were they on a bathroom break or something? Like, how do you not see that video and see him hit the back of his head the same way? It's the same type of injury that he had the first time he got the concussion earlier in the season and not think. Maybe hey, we should check him. Yeah, that one looked pretty bad. His head, the back of his head, just like before, hit the turf really, really hard. Maybe we should just take precautions and go see. Because that, to me, is obvious as a doctor. Like, you know, again, I'm not a doctor, but it look, if you see the video, it looks pretty bad. If you're watching the game, you're like, hmm, I yeah, think- that looks like the same type of injury. It's, it's like any other injury, right? Like your ankle. If, if, like, you stepped wrong, you already had an injured ankle, you tried to fake someone out, and that same ankle kind of went over, and you it looked like you tweaked it a little bit. You would be like, hey... Is your ankle okay? It looks like it's that same ankle that you hurt and the same way you hurt it before. I don't understand why the doctors were didn't see or weren't watching the game and saw him hit the back of his head and thought, let's just take a precaution and check if he's okay after that same exact type of way he injured his head the first time and the second time and go see if he's okay. Right. And a lot of these doctors they hire do have 
are are well versed in the sport they're doing because they have to be because you're looking for certain signs within the game. So, and a lot of the the concussion spotters are are neurosurgeons or, or doctors that deal with this type of injury. So they're they're trained on what to see. I agree with you though. How did you miss it for one? How did you not know that this could be a reoccurring thing this year with how severe the first concussion was earlier in the year? And then secondly, you're right. Were they going to the bathroom just at that right moment? Were they talking story and just missed it and, and didn't think twice about it, being like, well, yeah. he looks fine for a couple seconds, so he must not have, nothing must have happened and just kind of go on. Um, I, that's where it kind of it, it baffles me that these trained doctors, because they are trained in looking for these type of things, it, it really does concern me. And then that tells me, remember back, you know, I, I think we talked about it earlier in the year when he first got the concussion. These guys independently, how much are these guys getting paid to look the other way too? And um, it, it, I'm, it's not out of the realm of possibility. These guys are like, understand the situation. Like, their jobs are on the line. If they diagnose the star quarterback with a concussion and he's out for seven games and it, and it costs them, you know, several games and it costs them the playoffs, you know, that, that could seriously put a dent on, in, in their livelihoods and, mm-hmm. and, and, and their credibility as a doctor. And, and so I, I wonder, I'm, I'm not saying there's any conspiracy, but I'm, I'm just saying I wonder how many of these doctors, independent, quote unquote, independent doctors, you know, are really, truly being independent. But it's just weird, right? Because we, we, and we talked about this yesterday, like, he's not the guys that are at the top of the power ranking in terms of quarterback, the names I always mention, Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joey B. Like, they are the, the, the three top quarterbacks that make or break whether you can win or not. And Jalen Hurts, actually. I should throw Jalen in there because Gardner Minshew, uh, he's he's good enough to kind of play, but he's not good enough to win you the Super Bowl. So those four guys, if they're not playing, like that can make or break your chances for a Super Bowl. Maybe to, a, to an extent, but he's not going to affect your chances to get a playoff spot, I don't think. Teddy Bridgewater, we talked about yesterday, can do the job just fine. So... And maybe Yatua will be just a little bit to give them a little bit more of that oomph to have a legit shot at winning the Super Bowl. But you're in the regular season. You're teetering on that playoff line. I get it. But just, yeah, just make that call right away and make it Teddy Bridgewater and save your quarterback for the playoffs that are just right there. Keep him healthy, just like Jalen Hurts. He should be just keep him healthy. Yeah, you want to get the number one seed and hopefully that first round bye. I get it. But... You want to make sure you can actually compete for a Super Bowl. And if your main guys aren't in like a Tua, like a Jalen, then like, what's the point? Just make it to the playoffs and con- like take care of your players, especially now with Tua Tonga-Vailoa, an even more serious type of I- an injury like that can last forever. Jalen's is, I don't want to say just a shoulder because he is a quarterback, but still a shoulder. You know what? You'll be, you'll be fine. Like maybe it'll eek a little bit whenever you get older but compared to your brain yeah i'd rather take a shoulder injury than a brain injury any day <laughs> i there it's apples to oranges but I, I think also the player though too you know two is not not you know two has got some blame in this too he's got to be able to and, and this is what we talked about yesterday right these athletes got to have a voice and you got to you and, and you have to protect them when they have that voice to say hey I just hit the back of my head. Can we check this out real quick? Cause something's not right here. And, and, and you gotta be okay with that and be like, you're not going to reprimand your own player for that and be like, get back out there. We need you. No, that we're definitely far away from, but we're not, we're not 
close or we've gotten closer, but we're not close but you know what enough I'm saying? to a player to feel like it's okay for yeah. him to say and that's something. Also, and that's also yeah. the problem of which we're, we're facing this moment because I think it's more about, I think it's more than, uh, um, uh, it's, it's more than worrying about playoffs and, and Super Bowls for this year. I, I think the way Tua suffered his concussions this year and the way he's been uh, in his past with other injuries I, I got to start to think like you got to start protecting him for his future and 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 not not playing wise, just his life. Um, and and some of these injuries are going to be debilitating if if you don't take care of it. And and like you said, be proactive and be like, let's get Teddy in here. Let's just let's just call it a day here. We're going to still be in the playoffs if we lose this game, but Teddy's going to be good enough to get us this dub. So let's go with it. Don't get me wrong though, I get it in a way. Like I don't know. Us people can be hard head, especially when you're competitive. No pun intended. But, you know, like it's just I, I it, it sucks because you want him to protect himself. But at the same time, I'm like, gosh, darn it. I feel like I I wouldn't even protect my own self either. So hopefully it was his wife that was like, um, yeah, you don't you don't seem the same. Maybe something's wrong. So hopefully that's what happened. Anyways, when we come back, talk a little NBA as Luka Doncic. The big, <laughs> even though he's tends to be the biggest crybaby in the league, oh. it's still something that's crazy that happened last night as he lead that led that comeback over the New York Knicks. Sorry, New- Knicks fans. We'll talk about that next on Wake Up in the Den. You gotta smile so bright. You know you're cute being a candle. I'm holding you so tight. You know you're cute being a handle. Welcome back to Wake Up in the Den. Kule Agbayani. Alan Mia. He's secretly telling me how you how you view me. What? I'm so awesome. I'm, you missed the, the, the lyrics of the song? Oh. oh <laughs> you know what? Never <laughs> mind. Obviously not for me. Oh. It's bum, for bum, bum. it's it's for my own self. <laughs> not just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it was wild in the NBA. Well, specifically the one game. Luka Doncic, our guy, just because he's so unimposing in a way, just physically. We talked about this during the break. Like he just looks, it looks like a normal dude. Like the dude that you drink with at the bar, which actually he had like the, that best post game comment where. He basically said he was exhausted and he needed the recovery beer. <laughs> I'm like, this oh my, my gosh. Man. This is just my when dude. you just when you thought like the game itself was already awesome. And he looked like a guy that put up 60 points, 21 rebounds, and 10 assists. Woo! 60-21-10. I mean, how when? What? How how do you even see that type of stat line for the first time ever? And an overtime win, and that's the best part, right? Because at the end of the day, you know, all the all of these players, yes, they like their stats or whatever, and going into history books. But at the end of the day, it's still about the win. So fortunately, they were able to also get the win, beating the Knicks in overtime, one twenty six to one twenty one. Like, can you imagine having that stat line, and then you lose? Like, it's just not the same feeling. Like, all right, I did all that work, and then we lost. We didn't get the W at the end of the day, but Luca did it. And in that type of fashion, like, can you believe? And he's only 23 years old. So he's not even in technically in sports terms his prime. in his prime age, which is a long ways away. Usually it's around late 20s, like early 30s is when they say like athletes are in their prime years. And he's still a long way to go. 
Holy baloney. The problem, though, is he's already playing at such a young age and so much. He kind of becomes, um, who was it was kind of the same way and then just really teetered off because just played so many games as a youth. Um, by the time he got into his prime, it was almost like he was over the hill already just because there's so much wear and tear in the body. I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now, know. but it's kind of, you do worry about that with some of these guys that are so talented yeah, but at LeBron a young age. LeBron and Steph, like, played, mm. they were in their prime when they were and were awesome. LeBron. Hey, we got to give LeBron credit. credit <laughs> I don't like him. I don't, I don't, I don't like his antics sometimes, but during his prime years... <laughs> no, LeBron I is mean, amazing. Like, but, but there is there is something to say though, because they play so many games at such a young age. You do oh, yeah. worry that like by the time they do hit their natural, what is supposed to be that prime, that maybe just the wear and tear starts to break down their body a lot faster than let's say someone who's just kind of building and building and building, and then finally reach their peak ability at twenty six through twenty nine. Well, then you have people that like just. Stop showing up like you're Ben Simmons. You're like you're supposed to be in your one. prime. No, you're right. But he's more of like Kyrie Irving too, really. Yeah, but he's a little cuckoo. So yeah, he's a little bit. Off he's his still rocker. when he is able to play. When you know he doesn't have to sit out for whatever reason is happening in his life, whatever he says or does and does not do, he is still actually a very very good basketball player and very fun to watch. But yeah, he just. He's a, he's a both him and Ben Simmons have a little different situation, but yeah, Luka Doncic, oh my gosh, it was it's it. I just love how he's just so unassuming. I can't say that enough. You know, he's not built like a LeBron James. It's almost like when Steph first came into the league and was doing these awesome things, and he was kind of like this scrawny kid that could shoot and dribble a basketball really well and Luca is kind of the same way like he doesn't have like your stereotypical super athletic looking basketball body and he just continues to kick butt and take names that's so like that's the part that I'm just yeah it was very fun to watch if you don't see the highlights you need to watch the highlights because Luka Doncic just doing Luka Doncic things <laughs> yeah it's funny because you and i were we, you know like you said we were talking off off air and i the one thing i really love about is you you look at him he looks like my my dude like he looks like that's what dude. i mean yeah. he's the dude you're gonna and go then, have then drinks with at the bar and and i love how people hate on him for that reason because they they expect this this superstar athlete quote on so to speak to be you know super chiseled no body fat but he's just the dude right he's just this dude and then he comes out and he balls out and, uh, and he's so talented with so much athleticism that it's it's I think you said the best word way to he's unassuming. Right. And I'm like, I love watching him play because I feel like he plays the game the right way. A lot of emotion and a lot of athleticism. And then he he, he also can take over the game while still making his teammates better. I feel the funny thing now that I think about it, though, I have to bring up. With Luca, um, funny story to tell you guys. Just because it is has to deal with sports cards. <laughs> so there, let's. I forget when this happened. I'm trying to see how long ago this happened. It wasn't too long ago. I think it was like last year. So because speaking of his age, that's why because he's really young. He is foreign. Obviously, he's not from here. So you have like your protective mom, which he does that came over with him when he first joined the league and is very yeah like looks over her son again as to be expected he's still really really young in hindsight and a foreign player so you're naturally you're going to need that support system that comes over with you to I don't want to say babysit he's old enough to not need a babysitter but you know just make sure 
nothing happens to you that would jeopardize anything. So um, <laughs> it's just funny because in the sports card world, there is kind of like this uh, rumors or speculation that his mom signed some of his sports cards. <laughs> oh, no. So I, I, I can't recall. Those if might ever... be worth a lot of money, though. No, you need you can't. I don't want her signature. No, that'd be awesome no. because because the, no. there's only going to be so many of those out there. It'd be like, oh, I got the mom signature one. Like that'll end up being worth money. It's kind of like those misprints. <laughs> you don't want the misprint, but it becomes worth a lot of money because there's only like a few of them out there. You know what I mean? No, I, dude, I want the mom signature. No, no, you need Lucas. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you. When he becomes a Hall of Famer, and then people realize, remember when those rumors came out that his mom was signing the autographs, you're going to find those ones. They're going to be worth a lot of money. They're not going to be worth as much as Luca, but they're going to be worth a lot of money in the same right just because you get to say, like, oh, I had the mom. They're barely worth anything. They're barely worth the cardboard that it's printed on. Trust me, Alan. I'm telling you, they're going to skyrocket. Know. They're gonna Don't skyrocket. make like you know my world, They're going to skyrocket, I'm no, telling you. No, 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 no. no. I'm telling you, I expect the phone call or well, whatever the means of communication is in the in the future. I, I don't know what the what the future holds, but I expect some kind of message to be like, Al, yep, you're right. <laughs> this card actually is worth money because it's the mom. No. Well, the other thing was, so this was, here, I found it. So this was a card, actually. So it's a loan copy of a basketball card that sold for $4.6 million last year. And the autograph is speculated to not be by him, but his mother. Like the signature seen on many of his other highly coveted trading cards, the blue script, and they have actually a comparison on here, the blue script is not the tilting scribble like Luca's actual signature. And they say even though autographs evolve and handwriting analysis is subjective, the conjecture has become a powder keg for the sports card industry, which has thrived during the coronavirus pandemic. Obviously, again, this is last year. So it was just them comparing the autographs on his other um, cards and just his autograph in general out there in the market where it's not the same type of tilt. And then, so this is what started all the speculation. So people really started looking into more of just like the lesser cards that are autographed by Luca and kind of comparing the two. And basically yeah, it's kind of blew up where um, even on the, the live That's breaks silly. that I watch, everybody is like, I don't know that was, and then it just kind of became a joke. And no, no, so no. that almost hurts Luca's cards then. Well, of course you don't want like, especially what happens if it comes out like it, the mom never a, did though. Especially if it's an on card auto, and I've explained this before. You always want the on card auto because in your mind you're like, okay, this player actually physically touched the card that they're signing. You know, because they have on card and they have stickers. Stickers are when they just send the stickers to the player and they just sign a bunch of stickers and then it gets sent back to Panini or the card Maker. manufacturer and then they peel the stickers and put them on the cards. So even though the autograph is quote unquote real, it's there's something to be said about the fact that if the player actually handled the physical card and that's how do you know if it's on card compared to a sticker? Oh, it's obvious. It's literally on the card. (laughs) Yeah. You can, that, that is a hundred percent obvious on the on card. What about the ones with swatches? Well, swatches are just like little, little pieces of Jersey, but sometimes they sign those though. Right. The swatches, no, they usually never, usually the swatch is in the card and then the auto is 
on on still top. on the cardboard, which the swatch thing is a whole nother. Well, that could easily hole. be fake. Yeah, that that's been well, especially. That's right. There, I think I saw in like our sports card universe that there was um this last story before we take a break. There was this one card. I don't know if it was a Kobe or it. It was. I think it was basketball though, and the swatch that was in the card was not even close to the team that that player was on or ever played oh, for. Oh no! So it's supposed to be like yellow and gold for the Lakers, but it was like like green and tan, like the Milwaukee Mark Bucks. Bucks. Or yeah, where you're like, okay, even if they wore special jerseys, That's there's no it. way they would wear this. Well, oh. because they would never wear green too, because yeah, the Celtics. So that card's got to be worth money. No. What? Because again, you're buying this. Thinking that you're the because they they say it's supposed to be authentic that the player it comes from a player worn jersey. Now you're just now you can just go to the store and cut any piece of jersey yeah. and then put it on and be like, hey, here's a game worn jersey. You want to buy it? Yeah, it's a racket. So there's there's all kinds of things. So that's again that's the risk you take when you get into the hobby as much as it is a hobby, but just it's just gotten insane these days. So there's all kinds of stuff that have gone on and. I can go on and on about this. Anyways, but we got to step aside. I want aside. that card. <laughs> you, it's going to be worth I'm money. I'm going to give you all our error cards. It's going to be then. worth money. Okay. I'm telling you. Some error cards are worth money, but in these situations, like the Luca mom signature and the fake. or Give the- me the mom signatures all day. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. All right. Got to step aside. We'll be back on Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. The Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to all of you, the beautifulest of all the beautiful people. Let's wake up in the den. Kule Agbayani, Alamia. <sighs> Halfway through our show, our third to the last show of the year. Oh my goodness. Time just needs to slow down. Tell you what though, time doesn't need to slow down for Carlos Correa. <laughs> and now it seems they've been kind of mum on what the heck is going on just to catch up to speed. There was all this speculation that he was going to sign this massive long-term deal with the San Francisco Giants. And then they essentially, the offer fell through because of a physical. And then it was like, all right, Carlos Correa is going to go over to the Mets. All right, for another, not as big of a deal as the Giants, but he is still going to go over there. Um but then again, now there is kind of like a stall in the signing of Carlos Correa. There are sources that believe that he will that. So Mike Puma of the New York Post is hearing from a source that there's a 55 percent chance Correa will eventually sign with the Mets. But that chance is down like 44 from last week and ever since then like if you try to google any news about Carlos Correa there is no indication of where he will sign or I mean not where but if so far even though he was supposed to have that massive deal and all that is left to be seen so I'm sure Mets fans well first Giants fans were pretty stoked and then Mets fans and then Alan and I were joking about it yesterday um, that it has to be something with so oh 
also for those that don't follow baseball, but he did have like significant surgery before um, a while ago. So it's more of our thought is that it's more of the long term deal portion that I think is worrying a lot of the teams at the moment because you don't want to sign even though he's young you don't want to sign him to this long-term deal and then the injury is going to come up later so that's kind of what the fear is at the moment is that maybe you're not you just want to do a three or something year deal but that is left to be seen also going on um, the Braves, as I mentioned earlier, signed catcher Sean Murphy, whom they acquired earlier this month to a six-year, $73 million contract, meaning they have exceeded the first luxury tax threshold of $233 million, according to Justin Toscano of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Fangraphs estimates estimates Atlanta's luxury tax figure to be around $238 million all along, the Braves said internally, then publicly, that they would cross the threshold and pay the 20% tax for the overages for a player and a deal that made sense. So giving a long-term extension to a core player qualified, obviously. This marks the fifth lengthy extension Braves president of baseball operations has given a player in the last nine or so months. The Braves have also handed extensions out to Matt Olson which is for eight years, $168 million. Austin Riley, 10 years, $212 million. Michael Harris, eight years, $72 million. And Spencer Strider, six years, $75 million in their really, really busy last push of 2022. Ronald Acuna and Ozzy Albies are also signed to long-term deals. So the Braves have a ton of talent on the roster and as it stands, no player will make more than $22 million in this season on his current contract. Instead of spending lavishly in free agency, the Braves have dedicated their resources to extending their young players, which is obviously something that our friend Kyle Galdera has been very excited about, as that his team are the Braves, and as poor Allen's team, the Angels, just aren't doing things. And of course, poor my team, the Cubs. Like, Allen and I were joking about it yesterday, about Carlos Correa, and I'm like, oh, I'm sure the Cubs will find a way to give Carlos Correa some kind of weird deal because they're just not smart. <laughs> so I'm kind of waiting for that to come through this because Alan, Alan to his credit was the one that was like, just give him, I don't know why, like just give him the short-term deal. Obviously it's his side that want him to have the long-term deal and that's where the holdup is. And I'm like, yeah, well the Cubs will just be dumb and give him that long-term deal that he wants because that's just Cubs things. They they want to do nothing during the free agency and then they're going to make the worst deal ever. But I'm already preparing myself for that kind of heartbreak. It's it's funny. The Angels are not doing nothing. I mean, they did sign Brandon Drury. That's a good pickup. So they're doing they're doing what they needed to do, which was depth depth um signings. But they haven't made a big, big splash like maybe some thought they were gonna do, especially in the shortstop market, knowing that they needed a shortstop. They thought maybe Danzy's Dansby Swanson would be the guy. Uh, he ends up he went going. To the Cubs he he yeah. ends up going to the Cubs. Probably a little bit more than I would have gave him, but he's still worth the money. So um, you know, it's a good signing for the Cubs. They just offered a little bit more. Um, the Carlos Correa thing. I found the Angels. I give him that three year deal, and I and I kind of go maybe maybe sixty mil three year deal, and we'll see. And it, or maybe give him a six year deal, but an option after the third, a team option. Uh, after the third year or or second year, just to see how his leg stands up. But if I'm Scott Boris, at some point in time, 
take the shorter deal and 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 bank on your player being worth all that money because in the in the long run in the short term deal he'll end up getting more money so long as he stays healthy and it's less of a risk for teams so that will get your guy in in time for spring training and just take that deal but I agree with you I kind of think the Cubs will be stupid enough to come in at the last second and be like <laughs> hey. Here, here's a 12-year deal, 400 mil. Let's get this done deal and screw the oh my screw, gosh, screw the physical. I'm just joking, by yeah. the way. But, you know, it, it is something that, you know, the Angels, actually the Angels would do it too. But um, I just, if I'm Scott Boris, go get that short-term deal for Carlos Correa and and and, and put him on a contending team to go up against, like, the likes of of the Atlanta Braves and and the New York Yankees and, and, and even the Mets this year uh, outside of Carlos Correa's situation and – just go go put them on a winner and 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 just do short term deals and and get them money and you might change the game where no longer will you have these long term contracts and just bank on your players. You're funny, Alan. You're funny that like you're thinking players and agents think about what's best for the team. Actually, <laughs> the, the teams hold the the teams hold the cards because you cannot you you cannot sign these guys and then the then what is good what good is the agent and the and the player if you don't have a team to play that on. would be like a lot of I'm, I'm just saying yeah. I'm, I, I, well, I know we've seen that with the lockout I that's why lockouts yeah. work to get players more money yeah. because the teams are like oh we kind of need the players to keep making our money I know it's far fetched but I'm saying is at some point the the tides will start to turn because right now the agents and the players have all all the power. The, the 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 teams as far as money wise cap wise they'll start to regain it eventually not anytime soon don't get me wrong but it's gonna but these long term deals are killing teams and the angels don't get me wrong the angels are big proponents of it like they're a big problem also handing out mega deals as well so I mean it's it's twofold sometimes it works out in your benefit most times it does not so do short term deals yeah I mean not everyone is going to be on the and agents and players need to know short term deals you'll make more money. I don't think as a whole. Put it this way. Because if you're let's signing the like first the 350 year. for 10 years, that's still more than doing like, what, your $30 million for a couple of years? No, you do six. Okay, so take take Carlos Correa for a uh, situation. He's looking at, you know, a 12-year deal at 315 mil. That comes out to about 26, 27, maybe 25 mil a year. Give him a three-year deal. Let let let's say give him a two year deal at at thirty mil a year. He's made more already, sixty mil in two years. So so yeah, it's but that's 62. you're making and then, more and then than per bank. year. Yeah, right. And but then, no, if but you're no. injured, you but then, lose. But then that's, all of the rest of that money. Yeah, but then you're not going to get that long term deal because people are scared of that that situation. But here's where Scott Boris has the leverage now. Okay, two year deal if he's healthy. There's that rollover option, or um, you you have the right to to negotiate, and then now you know at it, it's going to be more than thirty mil. Now he gets thirty four mil. Guess what? Now he's become the highest paid player in the game, and and in four years he's made just you know he's made we'll say around one hundred fifty mil. Yeah, but that's why I'm saying like that. But I mean, both of them, I think both sides, like the team and Carlos Correa, they do feel like his potential for injury is relatively higher. And that's why they're trying to lock in the long term. Because you're right. If you're a player and you have all, like Aaron Judge, right? Aaron Judge bet on himself and it worked out for him. But if you're someone that's not willing to bet on yourself, i.e. Carlos Correa, you want to get that long-term deal because you're like, oh, shoot, maybe I will get injured or not be able to produce the type of numbers I would be for the next couple of years. I'm only going to be two years. So in the long term, you're not willing to bet on yourself. And yeah, you're going to only... And I use that obvious. I use the term only loosely. You're only going to make the sixty million when 
you could have made 300 plus million dollars, which is significant. Obviously, to us peons, that's like a still massive amount of money. But to them, they're just looking at the big picture. Like, I'm only going to make 60 million. I want to get locked in to make the 300 plus so that if anything does happen, at least I made over 300 million. So that's why it's maybe also the teams are like, dude, something are do you feel like something's seriously wrong with you? Because the fact that you don't want to bet on yourself and take a shorter term deal for more per year. Like that's where if I'm a team too, I'm like, all right, this is kind of odd to me that you guys don't even want to come down on the length of the contract. So that's always a holdup. Again, there's been like no indication at all yet. I've been Googling it. I'm like, there's no up any update about what's going on with Carlos Correa. So we'll see what happens until then. I can't believe it's almost going to be baseball season. Gotta step aside. We'll be back to wrap things up here on Wake Up in the Den. Everyone keeps asking, like, oh, when's your next trip? This song made me think about how uh, one of my good friends that lives in Sacramento had sent me like a, f- a flyer a few weeks ago about Jay Boog and performing in Sacramento. So she's like, are you coming? <laughs> but I mean, it's I think it's kind of I think it might be in February. So that's not the best time because I mean, I'll be hopefully in Vegas for the Big West tournament for men's and women's basketball and then in Houston for the final four and like the beginning of the year is already booked. I can't even <laughs> go anywhere. <laughs> I'm like, Oh man. Uh, also coming up today though, lots of bowl games. This is crazy. Like I almost forgot like that there were a lot of bowl games happening today. Cause it's just what on a Wednesday. So you have the first game coming up UCF and Duke for the military bowl presented by Periton. That's at nine, uh, Kansas, Arkansas in the AutoZone Liberty bowl at 1230. Uh, the one I'll be looking forward to, the San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl again, or Oregon against North Carolina at 3 o'clock p.m. And then the nightcap, the Tex Act Texas Bowl, Texas Tech versus Ole Miss at 4 p.m. So Oregon, fortunately, my aunt and them made their way to San Diego. So they were caught in the turmoil as everyone else is, unfortunately, um, but Flights getting canceled, so they're trying to make it to uh, San Diego to see their grandson, Kilohana, in that bowl game. But yeah, it's just been a mess. And I think they had to get like rebooked and booked again and everything craziness going on and all these canceled flights. So I hope everyone listening, I hope you guys are, you know, like all right and didn't have to deal with that madness. I had told Alan, like, fortunately, he came home. Uh, when he did, like he got here back from California, like right before all the craziness had started with all the flights. So, yeah, it's been it's been pretty insane for everyone out there. And I hope just just like be like relax, be calm, people like yesterday, like just when you think, oh, everything is going great. And then the there was the I think it was a Southwest flight, unfortunately, that had to be circled back like it was on its way to Oakland or somewhere. And then about an hour or so through the flight, there were there was like a fight on the flight. So the flight had to turn around and that's already like throwing a wrench into everything else going on with the air travel situation and just 
be calm, people. Just be kind. Just relax. Just keep swimming. Um, <laughs> maybe just, you should do- download flying. this podcast. So if you ever, you know, get stressed out, this is what we're here for. And just although Alan gets kind of angry sometimes, but it's okay. We live in the land of sunshine and rainbows here. I'll so. tell you what. This is and people want, people find like they go like Alan. You don't like traveling. They they find it weird. I'm like, yeah. It's it's I I don't. This is the reason why people get nuts for some other for some unknown reason people get selfish people under like lose their sight and 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 of understanding and all they care about is them and themselves not realizing that everyone is affected especially by one's actions right and so it's it's it's, it's hard it, it, that's why I hate traveling it's why I like just staying home and people think I'm weird for it and I'm like no I just I just don't like dealing with people when I'm traveling because people are rude out there in the world <laughs> you just have to find your system like I have my system when I travel to make things as easy not everybody myself. gets a spe- not everybody gets the luxuries though no but i mean like like okay my recommendation to everybody if you can afford 80 bucks for is it four years get tsa pre-check <laughs> like even if you I already tra- have that even no, if you only travel once a year that's step one like it'll global make your entry life too. It's it'll the make best your thing. life easier tsa pre-check you get a expedited line you don't have to take out if you tra- you're like me you travel with your laptop everywhere you don't have to take off your laptop you don't have to take off your shoes you can just put everything in there you and can't go. you still can't bring any water or anything through or anything like that that's still the rule but you just put it in there and then you just go and but i but i love cool. like when people like travel and then they're like they know these rules already, and yet they still argue and feel like find it dumb. Like they're dumbfounded how like they broke the rules of traveling. It's like you guys known this for years. It, this, that's the stuff that bothers me. Yeah, and then and then of course like, and I think it's just your mentality when you go into it. Like, all right, so if I already know I'm going somewhere, I will buy my or I will p- purchase my seat way ahead of time just so I can sit where I want to sit because I'm very particular. I need to sit closer to the front half of the plane and it needs to be an aisle seat. Like that's just what I like to do because I don't travel with a uh, suit. Like I I always check in my bag and because I have credit cards that if you book with it, I only fly the airlines with my credit card. So that way you get a free check bag and then your annual fee pays for itself. So this is all the stuff that I've done people like to make my life a lot easier when I travel. So I, I, Buy it with that, check in my bag, and I'm a heavy packer too, so I need to check in my bag. I can't fit everything in the carry-on. And I don't want to be like those people that we talked about before that stuff because they don't weigh your check-in luggage, right? No, so they, they stuff don't. their thing and they they struggle to try to put it up like and, overhead. And they stop I'd rather not the size of it too. Some of these like yeah. they, they call it a travel uh, carry-on bag. I look at it, I'm like, I'm like, sucker, that's a that's a full size <laughs> luggage bag, bro. And then they're like, I don't know, it doesn't what? fit in here. Why does it not fit? Well, and because it, it normally, if you pack it normally, it'll fit. But then you're, it's like practically exploding. So then you can't shove and it then, down anymore. And they're trying to put it in, and it doesn't fit because that's not the size it's supposed to be. And then these luggage companies, right? Real quickly, these luggage companies, they put all these multiple zippers on it, but they're not, they're they're not compartments. They're actually like extensions to make the bag yeah. like wider. And I'm like, oh god, here we go. Yeah. I, I I I'm lucky. My 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 wife. We get like five free bags too when we fly. So like we check in everything. It's just I don't know. People just yeah. I can't deal with it. I would check, and I just you know what. Even sometimes when if I have to fly a different airline, and I'll pay the oh, whatever, I won't do that. Th- I'll pay the thirty five bucks. No, because I I like the convenience. Oh, because I get an aisle seat. Because if I only I usually only have a bag that will fit under the seat. So I just wait until like. 
close to the boarding closing time. And then I go on the airplane and then I sit down and I buckle up my seat and then we're ready to go. I I pre-download my movies or my music. I just make sure everything is good to go. Uh, Some that have the personal device, I make sure I download a couple movies in case it doesn't work because sometimes it doesn't work and I have everything yeah, I tried to figure it out. Anyways, this is a fun show for Alan. I'm Kule Agbayani. It's been Wake Up in the Den. Bye. <laughs>